Sheila, do you like pie? Yes, I love pumpkin pie. But what if it was the life of pie? Is that a trick question? It's Josie. And we are Potheads Read. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm a little rusty, even though I think it's just been the new year. <laughs> it's a it's the year. It's the uh, I don't know. I, and I feel like maybe it's this this book because um I, we're gonna be completely honest here. We recorded this back in November. Yep. And um, we were having issues that night anyways with recording and and Skyping. We actually and even recorded. It recorded. We recorded our pop-up episode. <laughs> we recorded. I feel crate. like we, rec- oh, we recorded our loot video, our loot crate video. We've done other things. <laughs> We've but done lots of other stuff life, since this one. Life of Pi. Um, it's been a trick in our life, that's for sure. One, apparently we didn't want to finish it. Two, apparently Skype did not want us to talk about it because it disappeared. Like in our, when I go save it, it was not in our chat and I about freaked out. And then I, I had restarted my computer and everything. And I'm like, Josie, check your Skype. Maybe it's on your end. I'm like in, I, I feel like I was in tears, but I wasn't. I, but I was I was freaking out, yeah. and then the next day, what do you know? It's there. So I I automatically download it, and then when I go to edit, I have oh. the file on my computer. Oh yeah, the file's there. <laughs> I can't open it. It's like it's like corrupted, and um, after 30 days on Skype, your recordings are gone. So, but that recording is still there, but I can't download it again. But I can rewatch it and. I'm just like, Josie, this is, I don't know. I was like, what are we going to do? I mean, for those of you who listened to our last episode, which was the pop-up Christmas episode, we already had a really crazy end of December. Mm -hmm. I feel like January has just continued the craziness for us. And we're sitting here and it's like, um, we have to re-record this episode. We had to. We it was something we had to do. I feel like we had to do it for multiple reasons. One, I felt like we had to do it because otherwise we didn't have an episode. Right. <laughs> Two, I feel like we have to do it just to like prove something to ourselves about the stupid book. That we could do it. <laughs> that we could do it. It was not gonna defeat us. Take that life, life of pie, <laughs> Richard Parker. Life of pie was not going to defeat us. Richard Parker was not going to defeat us. Uh, like pie, we were going to survive to the end. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna survive. We're survivors like pie. Um, no, I mean, okay, but yeah. So other than this craziness going on, yeah, I. It's been kind of crazy. It is. I'm starting some college courses next week. 
I'm like, and tonight we had like a boot camp course, like just to, to figure out like how they do stuff because it's all online and it's a new type of like classroom college type setting. And yeah. so they're like, hey, uh, you know, come do this boot camp this week. And and so we did it and they, they had some technical issues also. So I'm like, we're not the only ones. <laughs> um, but I was realizing tonight as like I'm making dinner and I think it was about six o'clock and the thing was going to start at seven or no, seven thirty. It was going to start at seven thirty. I'm, I'm realizing at six o'clock as I'm making dinner, I haven't done home. My, uh, we haven't gotten Dash to do his homework yet because I chose to go to the beach with him I and do mean. homework after school. I mean, it was almost 70 degrees today. Come on. Yeah. And you got to go to the beach if you can. And then he came home and he went and played with the, his neighbor friends. And I was totally okay with that. You know, sometimes they just need to play. And luckily, he really didn't have a lot of homework. He just had to read tonight. But I hadn't <laughs> done it yet. Because, like, when he came in, I was starting to make dinner. And then so I texted my husband. And I was like, hey, when you get home, you're going to have to put my – you're going to have to put Dash to bed. Because – my class ends at nine o'clock and bedtime's at eight thirty. And he's like, Oh, okay. So <laughs> and then he was like, Do I need to pick up dinner? I'm like, No, I actually but like I, I was realizing like how crazy this is gonna be, like just getting used to like I, yeah. I don't, trying to get everybody going and I feel like before it's always been around like Dash's schedule or like yeah. your schedule that com- that like kind of combines with Dash's and now this is like oh no this is like solely for you it is and it's and, it's, it's gonna be a challenge for us like you know it's just something we're gonna have to learn how to deal with yeah and figure it out and this school does trimesters so every three months it's gonna change because the classes are gonna happen at different times but it is what it is I'm really excited about this opportunity it's for free for me right now so I you know I'm getting a degree for free so I yeah you cannot I, pass that up I cannot pass that up so Although when you messaged, like you were texting me about it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I sound like when I say I'm going to do new things to my friends that don't get my crazy life. And I get your crazy life. And I'm like, okay, this seems even crazy for me. Like you're just going to add a college course on top of everything else you do. But I think it's awesome. And I even told you that I felt it was an opportunity you couldn't pass up. Right. But I was also said, are you prepared to go back to school? <laughs> like you're going to you're going to have to like go to class and like study right. things and do things. But I think this is an awesome opportunity. For it's it's going to be an awesome opportunity. And like luckily they um, like they're only, they only offer two classes a trimester. And they said you have to take at least one a trimester. You can take up to two a trimester. Um, and at first I was like, I can do them all. And, and then I started looking at everything and that at the times that they gave us for the classes. And I was like, Oh, I probably should not do both classes. I <clears throat> might've talked you off the ledge a little bit harder if I thought you were like super serious about doing two, both classes. 
Well, because you had, you and I had talked about it, and I was yeah. and I had said that's a lot. Like four it nights is. a week is a lot. Well, and that was I think that was why I talked to you because it is four nights a week, and it was um it kind of fell during dinner time, bedtime every night mm-hmm. for my son, and so it was basically gonna be four nights without me doing what our family's been doing for the past you know few years so it it really was like you know let's do one and then I decided you know let's just do one I will see how I'm doing with one class and if only right if if right now I can only do one fine the next the next one starts in um the next trimester starts in April oh no May starts in May I believe and they it will it'll go into the summer so like I'll have like hopefully they'll have some different times like Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit earlier during the day where I can um maybe I won't have to worry so much like I could do maybe one earlier in the day and one a little bit later where like everything isn't like all at the same time every night of the week so but it's exciting yeah so what about you what's going on I am in Florida for work. Fun. <laughs> I don't have a return ticket home yet, <laughs> which is fine. It's exciting. I'm traveling for work. We're opening a, a restaurant in a new market for the company I work with. And it's exciting. And I mean, cold Chicago is like 40 degrees right now or 30 degrees or something like that and today it was like 82 Florida I mean Chicago or Florida um (laughs) my one of my best friends is down here we work together and I'm really fortunate for that and I'm super white and burn really easy and even today she, she just looked at me Tori just looked at me and said um you already got some sun. Your freckles are popping out on your arms already. <laughs> Go <laughs> put like, a sweater on. I know. I was like, I think it's from driving today because <laughs> I had to drive around <laughs> to go pick some stuff up. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to be down here in the new market. I'm excited for what Florida has to offer, the challenges and stuff. But it's going to be a lot like openings always take a lot of work a lot of work and a lot of energy out of a person so yeah I'm just gonna stay afloat and do my best and if I can go to the ocean I'm gonna go to the ocean if I can go to the beach I'm gonna go to the beach how close are you to the the beach um Tori found a beach about 15 minutes away oh you're close and she said that wasn't even a lot of like traffic or anything and we are on like the east side of Florida so we're not on the Gulf side we're on the ocean side so we're not far or anything so yeah nice nice yeah but I I don't know it's just I had a really, really busy holiday with a lot of traveling. Yes. Because I came to Florida. I was home for a couple of days. I went to Wyoming to see family. And then I was there a couple of days. And then I was back in Chicago for a couple of days. And then I came back to Florida. So it's a lot of time zones, a lot of flying. and Yeah. A lot of craziness. But, I mean, you know, I'm excited for the new year. 
Did you make any resolutions? Kind of like I decided I wanted to try more simple stuff instead of like big stuff. And one was to go out and sit outside or be outside, either be a walk or just sitting in my backyard next to the river, reading my book. I just want to spend a little bit more time outside and then my word I like I chose a word this year and my word is grow I want to grow so I feel like taking my college courses is yeah. a part of that and I feel probably this podcast is gonna be a huge part of that and just everything else that comes up in life I feel like you know yeah. hopefully that's my mindset just trying to do like more simple stuff like I said just you know Go outside and read a book or go outside and take a walk or go outside and play with my son. Just I just want to be outside more. Try to be outside more a little bit every yeah. day. Sometimes I feel like I get caught inside, especially like with my computer or my phone or stuff for the house. I can just get stuck. Yeah. And I don't want to be stuck inside. That's I can totally understand that. Yeah, I, um, mine is just to kind of get a better grip on certain things. Like, I'm trying not to eat out as much. I'm trying to do, I'm horrible at food prepping or, like, meal prepping. Mm -hmm. So that's a big goal for me, do that a little bit. Yeah, I, we grew up going to the grocery store, planning out like the whole week of meals. And my parents were very proactive in making my sisters and I all be a part of that. And it was almost like I didn't retain any of it. <laughs> it <was> just, <laughs> I don't do it at all. Right. I'm, I'm definitely that impulse grocery buyer where I am going to go to the grocery store today to buy the stuff that I need today. Right. And then I'll grab snacky things and then I'll throw stuff in my freezer and then I'll go to cook dinner. And I have tons of frozen vegetables, tons of different meats. And then it's, well, what am I going to do with this? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So not really, it's not really a thing of, I need to lose weight or I need, I have a goal to do this or I have a goal to do whatever. I think it's more just like get a handle on the things that I'm missing in my current life that I've already been trying to do, which have gotten a tiny bit better. So now it's just grab onto it and really do it. I totally get the, the meal planning or even just like getting at home. Cause like sometimes it's just the convenience of, having someone make you food is just sometimes a lot easier than you doing it yourself. Yeah. So I, I totally get it. Um, I kind of feel like my word, like if I had to like think of a goal for myself this year with like one word, I guess it would be more like simplify. Yeah. Just simplify everything I'm doing, like make food, simple food that I can prep into multiple days make a bunch of different things so I can have choices because I also get stuck in that where I don't want to eat the same thing five days in a row I hear you so I did buy a book that hopefully will help me with that so yeah well good luck I don't know we'll see we'll see what the year brings me 
Maybe and we like, can keep keep each other accountable. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe in a couple months we can be like, okay, Sheila, what have you done to grow? And you can be like, Josie, what have you done to simplify? What are you simplifying? Because I do also want to purge a lot of stuff in my apartment. I uh, I really need yeah. to declutter. But. Me too. And yeah. I did a lot before I moved, and I still need to do a lot. It's yeah. all I. It's all I do. I swear. <laughs> yeah. <I understand laughs> all right. So let's get. I feel like we could just go on and on and totally bypass what we're actually here to talk about. Trying so to. Uh, so we should probably actually talk what we're here to talk about. What? <laughs> um, but really quickly, before we get into this, one thing that Sheila and I wanted to start is we, being that we are potheads or, you know, like Harry Potter heads, we wanted to start doing a fun fact from Harry Potter or something Harry Potter related at yeah. the beginning of each episode. So I am actually going to start this this one. And it's unfortunately not about a fact from the books. But it is a fact that includes books. It's from the Harry Potter movies. And this fact is called the restricted section is kind of restricted in real life too. So apparently... In the Sorcerer's Stone, the first movie um, or book, for those of you who might not follow Harry Potter, the lantern Harry uses in the restricted section of the Hogwarts library had to be made to look like the light, uh, the lamp was lit by CGI because there is um, rules going back to hundreds of years ago about bringing flames into the Duke Humphreys building of the, I'm going to totally mess how I say this, Bold, Boldlian Library at Oxford. So That's crazy. I think that's a really neat fact. Like, I This is why I find this fact interesting. One, because it's about books and Harry right. Potter. But two, I didn't realize that they filmed this at a li- like a real library. I guess I didn't realize that either. I thought they um, just had a set that they made. I did too. So I I don't know. I find I found that really interesting. I thought they totally built a set and that it was a part of something. Well, but I guess they didn't really find like the quote unquote Hogwarts castle until maybe what was it movie three? Because Chris Chris Columbus did the first two movies. Yeah. And then, like, the actual, like, iconic Hogwarts castle, I feel like, came after those two movies. Yeah. But, yeah, I, so I thought that was really interesting. That is very interesting. I like that fact, that Harry Potter fact. That Harry Potter fact. All right. So, to, to start what we came for. Again. Week two. So, the book that we read for this episode is The Life of Pi by Yon... Oh, oh my gosh, I just started losing my voice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, my gosh. I totally just started losing my voice for some reason. The book that we read for this episode is The Life of Pi by Jan Martel. And this was actually my pick for the episode. And the reason why I picked this book is because I have had this book on my bookshelf next to my bed 
for years. Not four years, four years. I've had this book probably since the movie came out. And I think it came out in what, like 2010? Something like that. 10 or 11. Might have been 12. But I have had this book since the movie came out. I have tried to read this book several times. And I could never get past that halfway point. It came out in 2012. So Okay, that's kind of right. I just kept hearing such great things about it from people. I had a co-worker, an old co-worker of mine, who was also interested in reading it. So we were like, we'll read it together. And then they stopped reading it. And then I stopped reading it. And then I started reading it. I mean, this went on for a couple of years. And I told Sheila, this is the book that I want to read. And she, I think, was very supportive in the decision. But I wouldn't say you were overly excited. No. But this was also going to be your second time. It was my second time because I did read it. I read it. Gosh, let me see here. I think I read it about seven years ago um, for a book club I was in. Yeah, I read it about seven maybe eight years ago and I mean I I I enjoyed it but I just remember like after I read it I was like okay I don't feel like I need to keep the book you know what I mean like there's (laughs) some book like I I'm kind of a book hoarder like I read a book and I keep all books but that one I was kind of like you can go I mean I enjoyed it so this time I decided to audiobook it and I actually think I enjoyed it more as an audiobook versus a, a a reading book. Yeah. Well, how about we read the synopsis and then we can we can really get into it. Life of Pi is a f- sorry. We we already said who who wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Life of Pi is a f- <laughs> Just kidding. I don't mean to tune you out. I mean, we Um, are having a conversation with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Life of Pi is a fantasy adventure novel by Jan Martel, published in 2001. The protagonist, Piscine Molitor Pi Patel, a Tamil boy from Pondicherry explores issues of spirituality and practicality from an early age. He survives 227 days after a shipwreck while stranded on a boat in the Pacific Ocean with a Bengal tiger named Richard Parker. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Overall impression or initial impression. <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I think I liked it better this time as an audiobook. I don't know if it's because it moved better as like somebody telling the story or me trying to read it. I did like it, but like I said earlier, it's just not something that I'm like, I love this book. I really like the beginning where he's really interested in all of the the language, or not the languages, sorry. <laughs> I'm going crazy. <laughs> All of the the religions. He's Hindu, and then he gets interested in 
Catholicism, actually. And he becomes kind of like this devout Catholic. Well, he's still a devout Hindu. And then he becomes, then he meets a Muslim and like learns about Muslim uh, tradition, not traditions. um, I can't think of the word. Theology. Yeah, theology. Thank you. And he becomes Muslim and he's very devout and he, he goes to all of their services. Like, yeah, he's, he's devout in all three religions. He's very devout. I really feel like the beginning is really my favorite part because I love learning about other religions and I love yeah. that boy was so interested in all of them. And there wasn't this like hate for one or the other. Yeah. Cause I kind of feel I'm, I'm the same way. I love learning about different religions and being somebody who felt like that growing up, it was really interesting also being from a small town in Wyoming, it was just really interesting because I wanted to learn a different religion and it was just, why would you want to learn that? That's not your religion. Why do you want to learn it? I was very lucky and I had parents who kind of went along with my curiosity and my mom actually taught our Sunday school growing up and she did a booklet once just because I wanted to know more about other religions. And it was a really interesting spin to see a child with that curiosity who, instead of having it be a negative thing, showed that knowledge of all three religions could actually be a positive thing. Right. And that you could be devoted to all three of them. Yeah. Well, and I also, like, he used the religions when he needed a certain religion for a certain thing right to get him through life like he would call upon the hindu gods for a certain thing and then he would call upon god for certain things and then he'd call upon allah for certain things like i really like that and and for me i i kind of have created like my own spirituality whereas like, like i believe in god but i also I I guess the best way for me to say is, like, I believe in God, but I believe God created all these different religions to fit these different cultures Mm -hmm. and um, to make them who they are. And and, and that's just me being weird Sheila, but, like, that's how Mm -hmm. I see it because I'm also the person that I'm like, I can't believe that God... Or a higher being would create all these religions. And then they would say, oh, no, you're wrong. You need to become Christian. Right. Like, I just, I have a hard time with that. I think plays to the fact that the, like, whatever religion you believe in, there's a higher being or a higher power that gives you the laws of how you should live life as a good person. Right. And I think when you get into the, my religion's right, your religion is wrong, is when you get into the man-made part of religion. Yeah, I agree. agree. And I, I really liked the little part where 
the the um the, the three uh the three leaders of of the churches and the religions came together and they all were kind of like <laughs> arguing about how he couldn't be devout to your religion because he's de- devout to my religion yeah and they all just kind of like looked at him in wonder because they realized that he was actually really equally devout into each each church but I just felt like the beginning painted such a pretty picture of what a simple life could be yeah no matter what you're doing like he grew up in a zoo that's crazy but amazing but amazing but then it's also because of that, because of his religion, there's a huge comparison to religion and wild animals throughout the first third of the book. Um, the entire time they're they're still in India, there's just this wild comparison between the two. And his respect that he has for animals and the wild kingdom, and these creatures that were created is so mirrored by his devotion to religion. Right. That for him, it was no, there was no question that you should treat the animals as well as you would treat a human because they were all just a creation. Right. Um, which I think you definitely see in the middle section of this book. I mean, it is bo- it is broken up by like book one, book two, book three. So it is very it is three very distinct very, different very. books yes. of in this one novel. And I think him being raised in that environment is part of what causes him the turmoil in the middle section of this of this book because he still has so much respect for the animals. the animals and for Richard Parker and for the even the hyena and and the zebra where there's many times where he's like I just like I think it was with um the zebra the zebra had hurt his leg yeah and he he talks about how he wished he could have helped him knowing that the zebra was in so much pain, but he knew doing that put himself in more danger. So he really couldn't. And so it kind of causes a lot of like turmoil. Like what would you do if you were in this situation? Would you treat the animal the same as you would a person or, you know, vice versa. So it's, it's really intriguing the way that plays through the whole thing. It is. And I also think that so that, and since you've kind of gone into the, the shipwreck part so Pi has he has this really kind of charmed life and his parents have decided to sell all the zoo animals and become and move to Canada and work at a zoo and on the way over the cargo ship they're on basically explodes somehow mm-hmm. and Pi a hyena Richard Parker, who's the um, dra- uh, the dragon. I'm, I'm crazy. <laughs> I am so crazy today. Um, uh, <laughs> the tiger. The Bengal tiger. The tiger. And they both have really big teeth. <laughs> both have really big teeth. Um, the orangutan and... The zebra. The zebra. 
they all end up on this um, lifeboat. And but the funny thing is, is that, and I, I do think this is really important, and I do think this is a good comparison in life. He actually saves Richard Parker. Yeah, he, he does. Sees, he sees Richard Parker drowning and struggling and going down. And in that moment, not even grasping that it's a Bengal tiger, he doesn't even think about it. He just sees this this being, this this entity suffering, yeah. and he pulls him onto the lifeboat. Yeah. It's not until... Like, the next day that he even realizes... It's like, this was a bad idea. Oh, I'm now on a boat with a tiger. <laughs> That's hungry. <laughs> Who um, ends up... Which, this... But this is why it's like, how many people do you bring into your life not even thinking about what you're allowing in your life end up becoming, like, some type of predator, or some type of, like, nuisance, or some type of, like, dark force... In yeah. your life where you're like, why? like, why? Where you can, like, go back to that moment where you're like, right. why did I let you back in my life? Right. Yeah. And going back to the religion, the religion and the, the shipwreck and him surviving for, what, 227 days. Yeah. I, I'm going to say I feel like his um, his faith in all of his religions uh is probably what kept him going and i'm going to reference another book on broken which is a true story world war ii he they were on a an airplane and he wasn't a pilot he was one of the other crew members and plane went down only like three of them survived the the actual crash in the ocean and then two ended up living um surviving many 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 days I don't -hmm. don't think it was anywhere like near 227 but it was a long a long amount but um Louis Zamperini the the main character in Unbroken he his faith is essentially what got him through being not only a um you know a castaway on in the ocean and surviving his crash but being becoming a, a POW for the Japanese, mm-hmm. um, he just like if he didn't have his faith, he probably would have given up at some point. Yeah. So um, Which, I think that's a huge thing in some of these like survival stories. Right. Which I think is one of the huge things about faith and religion that people don't remember is that it's many times it's believing in something bigger than yourself right. is what's going to pull you through it it is funny how i mean there were there was one point in the middle section where i think pi basically like he saw like a lightning storm and he basically was like just take me now yeah or yeah. he was like i Like, he basically was just kind of giving up. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And then all of a sudden he realized, like, oh, I'm glad it didn't happen. Like, I'm glad they didn't listen to me. Like, now we have other stuff to do. I really did not like this book. Yeah. 
I I mean, I know we kind of like beat around the bush kind of like through the whole first part of this. I really I was on the struggle bus. I did you've not been like on this the book. you've been on the struggle bus since for a long time. Four but, years ago. Or whenever you started it. Yeah. <laughs> I I've had other books where there there's a book called Sophie's World. It's big in philosophy. I actually really loved the book. There was a point in the book where it does this flip because it really follows true philosophy and it's all in the character of this one little girl. And there was this flip in the book where I literally had to put down the book and I was, I told my roommate at the time that I couldn't read that book anymore. It made a, it made a flip. I needed to walk away from it for a second. Yeah. And I came back a couple weeks later and I finished the book and I loved it. I loved the beginning. I loved the middle. I loved the end. This book, I really enjoyed the beginning. Yeah. I loved the comparison with the religion and the animals and his charming little life, like how he got his name. Yeah. His relationship with his brother and his father and his and mother. His yeah. It was, you could tell he was in a very loving environment. This middle part of the book. It's hard. It's it was so hard it's slow i'll there, tell you one thing that I, it bothered me when i read it the first time and it bothered me while i was listening it to this time the lists yeah and i i understand this kid had to do something but this kid wrote lists after lists like it was like we got to hear about how many chocolate bars the boat had and how to how he was going to train Richard Parker, which was a list or bullet yeah. points or whatever. I just, I'm always, I was always like, okay, can we skip on to the next spot? Because I, I couldn't handle the lists. And maybe I, I am not a list person. Like I try to do lists. I'm very bad at them. I am a list person. I live by lists. I actually was just laughing because I was just watching this Netflix Netflix series called seven days out Mm. and there's one where this they're like building a restaurant and this lady was like this is my punch list and she's like this is just today's tomorrow I'm probably gonna have three more and I I saw that and related to it so hard I make lists I make lists for myself all the time but to have to sit and read an inventory (laughs) of what is on your lifeboat After I just had to listen to, like, not listen, because I wasn't listening. After I just had to read an entire chapter about how much you poop, I was, (laughs) I I can't. I mean, yeah, here's, here's the one thing that I will say. And I don't, I don't want to talk about the ending yet. I'm purposely leaving out the last part of this book right now. I... There is no denying the talent of this author. He's very talented. Some of the images that you get, some of the quotes that you get from this book are incredible. I'm actually really sad because when we originally recorded this, I had stuff highlighted. I had pages marked that I'm going to read this quote. And 
unfortunately we can't do that now, can't which I think is actually fine because honestly, I feel like we're having a much better discussion, yeah. but I, the, the images this author gives you, I think the biggest reason why I had a, a, a big issue with the middle part is his writing. This is a very isolating event. Event. Or, yeah. This boy, I'll say boy, he's like 15 or 16. 15, yeah, he's still boy. He is on a lifeboat by himself, knowing his entire family, his entire life that he's ever known is gone. He has, one, no idea where he's at. He's trying to make it to Canada, has no idea where it's at. He doesn't have a clue of who he was supposed to meet when they got to Canada. He doesn't He doesn't know when he's going to get his next meal. He, yeah, he doesn't know when, when he's going to get his next meal. When he... When he gets hit in the face with a flying fish, like, you feel like you feel it. Yeah. There's a point to making it isolating. There's a point to making you feel like that as a reader. But at the same time, as great as all of that was, there I would put this book down and walk away from it, and there was nothing me, making me go back to it. Right. And... It's, I mean, maybe it's because of that isolating feeling and you just don't want to feel that way. Right. But I also think it's just because I just, as much as I loved his charming life at the beginning, he wasn't the character I really liked at the beginning. So it's almost like I just really didn't care. Yeah. Well, he changed. He had to change. And it was almost like, it was almost like the death of, of pie like um yeah that sounds really horrible the life of pie the death of pie um but you know he because it's true he he, i mean he completely changed and he you know what his dreams and his aspirations and his life it all came crashing down and then he's you know by himself for almost a year yeah, I mean, what, like eight months, around eight yeah, months? Yeah, eight or nine months, yeah. And he doesn't know if he's going to live. He doesn't know if he's going to die. He doesn't know uh, when Richard Parker's going to eat him. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of question, and I understand that, and I get it. And I feel like I've even read other books in the past that are very similar to that in feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, For some reason, I just couldn't care about this character enough to just be like I just hope he survives and makes it through it I was just kind of like when is this gonna end he didn't Do have I anything care? yeah I mean, you like you already know from the beginning he's he tells you from the beginning like this is right. my survivor story yeah and so you already kind of know that he lives so it's really just kind of like how did everything else happen right and there's a lot of really interesting things that happen. He runs into that blind, um, there's like the blind guy on the another boat or a raft. French man, yeah, because they're both, because they're so malnourished, Patel, or Pai has also gone blind, and he comes across another man, another 
a man lost at sea in a yeah. boat, and he's he's a Frenchman. They start talking, and then Pie's like, "Come to my boat," and then Richard Parker apparently ate him. Yeah, and um, I always, but that part, I'm like, I think you're just delusional at this point. Right, absolutely. I, I, I'm like, I don't really think that was. Right. I mean, by that point, he would have been really dehydrated because they totally. would have had, they had like that typhoon that they lived through where he lost like some of his water seals from yeah. the from the reserve. His reserve of water cans and food is gone. Mm-hmm. It was like at the end. Yeah, he of, it, of the road, so he was definitely delusional, but. I mean, there was just a point where I was reading it and I'm just thinking to myself, I know he survives and I don't care how it happens. (laughs) For me, I remember because I've read this and I remember like when we got to the the lost at sea part, I kept going, when are we going to get to the the mysterious island with the. The, all the algae the, the algae island and I just I because I, I remembered that and so like I kept going when's that coming when's that coming and I'm like god we're never gonna get there and I mean I'm listening to it and so like because that was like one of those spots that like that's when it starts to pick up and really yeah I'm I definitely I, feel like if I read this again which I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I would, I mean, I would read probably, I would probably read the beginning again, just to kind of get a little bit more of his story and the um, comparisons to religion and the animals and humans versus animals and some of that stuff. Cause it is, it is very, very interesting. Good, yeah. And then I would skip probably over a third of the book and then go straight to algae island yeah yeah algae island algae island so they finally hit some quote-unquote land it's a crazy little island a crazy island that has what was it lemurs all over it lemurs yeah Sources of fresh water, trees, all the trees. Mm-hmm. And at first it looks just, um, he kind of feels like it looks um, like grass. Yeah. Like just fields of grass. And then he realizes that the island kind of comes to life. Yeah. And shifts. And but it's stable. He can walk on it. Richard Parker walks on it mm-hmm. after he teaches himself how to walk again because he has he had sea in... legs. He hasn't walked in so long. He has sea legs. Um, malnourished, you know. Ma- yeah, malnourished. So he kind of starts building his strength from eating the algae, drinking the fresh water, all these different things. They stay on this little mystical island for like oh. Was it a week or just I was going to say at least, at least a week. Yeah. I felt like it might have even been a little bit longer than that. Maybe a I week or two. I think it was two. longer, yeah. Because there's points where he's sleeping up in the trees and the lemurs are all around him. Yeah. He ends up finding out that Richard Parker comes back every single night. 
and he could, didn't really know why they see dead fish. He sees dead fish in the morning in the fresh water every morning. Yeah. And the but, lemurs pull him out of the, the little ponds. Yeah. And, and they eat them. them. And so he's like, oh, cool. Yeah. Fish. But then he kind of realizes that the island is alive. And part of it, the reason. It, it eats things. Yeah. Humans and lemurs and a tiger if it would let it. Yeah. Because he ends up walking up to a tree and he finds human teeth. So weird. Uh, <laughs> um, like human teeth and bones. And yeah. that's when he's like, okay, we got to go. We're leaving. Come on, Richard. Let's go. This is great. Nice to see you. Thanks for the fish. Gotta go. Right. Right. Um, But it was kind of a cool thing just to see how after all those days of him and Richard Parker just kind of really only having each other to survive. Yeah. They're understanding that they make all of a sudden it's, okay, you're back in the wild. I'm back in my life. And then they both just kind of realize, nope, we got to go. And again... Again, it kind of shows his humanity because he could have left. I could have left Richard Parker, and he could have just turned his back on him. And there was just a part of him that knew, no, I can't do that. Do that, yeah, yeah. So, and then after that, it continues to. it, It it kind of slows down a little bit between the island and when he. Comes ashore in uh, Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. And and he's found by some locals and R- Richard Parker like disappears. Well, Pie he like falls out of the boat because he's he's lost his leg strength again essentially, and he like crawls himself up to a little bit so he's not drowning in the water. And Richard Parker just jumps over him. Does doesn't even like. Yeah, and Pi even says, like, I wish he would have stopped. I wish we could have had a moment. Yeah. I wish we could have had a goodbye. Yeah. And as much as I did not like the middle of this book, I felt the exact same way. Why didn't he get to say goodbye? Why didn't he get that moment? I really wanted that moment for Pi. Right. Because, because they did point, connect. They did Absolutely. Connect. And at this point, as a reader, I did kind of feel like I was just in it to win it at that point. <laughs> so. You were totally let down that, like, Richard Parker didn't give it. I really was. I really was let down. I kind of thought, what a selfish tiger <laughs> he's a typical cat. All of this for you. No, I mean, it just. just it, we it, talked about this. He's a typical cat. We have how many episodes have we talked about cats? I know, At like, least almost two. Everyone. Almost everyone. <laughs> Apparently, we like reading books that have cats in them. Yeah. They're jerks sometimes. We could take care of them and love them, and then they're just like, whatever. Yeah. Thanks for the boat ride. Yeah, basically. Hey, thanks for saving my life when the ship went down. No, I just felt like it was just kind of poetic, though, because you always 
I mean, how many times do people have these images of like how something is supposed to go? This is going to be the perfect moment when, when this person gets down on his knee to propose to me, it's going to be perfect. And it's going to be timed where fireworks shoot off in the air or whatever. And then Mm -hmm. it just turns into this fumbling mess. And then all of a sudden you're like at a bus stop and it happens or something dumb like that. I mean, I don't even know. Not that that's dumb, whatever, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's it kind of gets to that point where it's you it's what you imagine and romanticize in your life right. in, or in your mind about what you want your life to be. And um, I think I've definitely talked about this before. I am definitely um, a bit of a hopeless romantic. So, yes, I yes, you talked about how you wished you and some guy would grab a book at the time. <laughs> into each other's eyes and go and buy, a book, buy each other the and book and then you'd, he'd propose and... right I mean I don't know why that's so hard but um <laughs> I mean so I did kind of want that romanticized goodbye for him and and Richard Parker because they had really gone through this traumatic yeah. experience together and Richard Parker really as much as he scared pie he really saved pie yeah they saved each other. Yeah. So I did I did want that moment for Pi. I think we all did. I mean, well, I think if any everyone that has probably read this they want they they're also probably going to Richard Parker as he's standing at the the beach and jungle um line. Turn around, Richard. Yeah. Turn around. Right. Have that moment and he doesn't. He like he kind of pauses and and just walks into the, yeah. the jungle, the, into the darkness. He, you know, he's just like, whatever, peace out. Thanks for the ride. Then we get to the big twist. Big twist. Or is it a twist? I mean, I think it's a little bit of a twist. It all depends on what you think. Yeah. I personally would, would definitely call it a twist. Yeah. If, if it's not a twist, what would you call it? I don't know. It, it kind of is a twist. It's just... uh, well, maybe I guess if you wouldn't want to call it a twist, you could say a comparison of stories. Yes. But he's in the hospital. Yes. And he's... So the boat was owned by a Japanese company. And the Japanese investigators... Yeah. For the company are actually in Mexico for whatever reason. And they end up driving like twenty four hours because they couldn't they couldn't they go like we're up in California on oh, oh, that's work. right. California, that's where Yeah. And they were up in California for work for something completely unrelated. Yeah. And then they found out that there was actually one survivor from this ship. from this ship going down. And they originally thought that there was zero survivors. So they had to come but their trip to come see the boy um, is pretty hysterical. Like they have car issues, they have detour they, issues. Like read the map wrong too. They like, thought it should have. They thought it should have only taken like a couple hours because part of the map was folded over, <laughs> and then it took like three was, times longer than long what they trip. thought it was supposed to. It was a long trip. And so by the time they get to Pi, they're just like they're completely exhausted. exhausted. 
they're like, why are we even here? Yeah. And yeah. Pi is just living it up in the hospital. He's he well, he hasn't had anything to eat, like good food to eat, and they're feeding him like cookies, cookies and chocolate, and but they're not. He's not even eating it. That's he's the, just I, putting he's it under it. the blanket. He's, he's hoarding it. Well, I mean, you would probably do the same thing too if you hadn't eaten in 277 days, 27 days. Um, don't exaggerate it. 50 more days. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but You're right. yeah, I 227. Mean, I mean, yeah, you get into that mentality of like hoarding and you can't eat it all at one yeah. time. Absolutely. Yeah, he was. But just it's just doing what was. But then in like. In at Japanese, the, it, yeah. they're, like, saying to each other in Japanese, like, the one guy's, like, stop giving him our food. And then the other guy's, like, he's not even eating it. And they're, like, <laughs> speaking in Japanese to each other. Right. But by the end of it, a testament to Pai's character, at the end of it, he thanks them for their visit. And he actually ends up giving them all of the food back. <laughs> like here you can have some of your cookies and your stuff and everything back like, yeah he's just he, like oh thank you for visiting me do you want some cookies yeah here have a sandwich and then he just gives it all back yeah he's a very he's, he's because a good, he's a good he, boy yeah he's a kind but what's the, the real story what's the real story which actually ends up being the whole point of the book Pi tells these two gentlemen this whole story about him and the animals, him and the animals. He saves Richard Parker. There's an orangutan, a hyena and a zebra. The zebra's leg is broken. The hyena starts to eat it. The orangutan lasts longer. Richard Parker ends up killing the hyena. Yeah. And then. Um. No, the hyena killed the zebra. Right. Oh, and then did the orangutan kill the hyena? And then yeah. Richard Parker kills the orangutan. Yeah. I believe that's how that happened. Yeah. And then Pi and, and Richard Parker um, stay on the boat the rest of the time. And he tells his his story. Right. And and, um, one thing that I do think is important to kind of mention is when he's on Algae Island, he talks about how he has to clean out the boat Mm -hmm. and he cleans the boat out of all the animal bones. Yeah. Because when when Richard Parker runs off, he's like, "Okay, now's my chance to clean everything. Yeah. So that's when he cleans out the all the the animal bones. Well, and he the, um, kind of scrubs. He kind of scrubs everything down, the way you would clean out a cage yeah. at a zoo. Well, because cleans- there was there was feces and urine. Yeah. Um, and he even cleaned out the bones of the, the Frenchman. Yes, he cleaned out the Frenchman's bones. And he tells this whole story. He talks about this island. He talks about how he lands, on the sands of Mexico. How Richard Parker disappears into the tall grass of the night. And the Japanese men don't believe him. They're like, what's the real story? That's a really nice story. That's a great story. What's the real story? I mean, but they're also just kind of, like, rude about it. 
they're just like, this guy is wasting our time. Like, kid, don't waste our time. Like, do you even understand what we went through to get down here? And Pi's yeah. just like, dude, I spent 227 days on a boat. Right. <laughs> like, who had it more traumatic? Yeah. Well, the Japanese are kind of an interesting folk. Um, they, because I lived there for a few years, so they... I would say, I like, I totally was like, oh, I can see this. Because, like, well, the young guy, because there's an older guy and a young a young Japanese and an old Japanese. And, like, the young guy was just like, <laughs> you know, he was just kind of like, okay, whatever. And the old man was just like, no, 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 tell us the real story. Like, I felt like the younger, the younger one was more, like. Willing to believe it. Willing to believe that the animals, him and the animals um, we're on the sh- on the boat together, and then so they've basically were like that. That's a nonsense story, and so he tells them a completely different story about how there was this mean French cook and a sailor with a broken leg. The orangutan was his mom, his mother, and who am I missing? The Richard Parker was... Oh, Richard Parker is Pi. No, 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 no. Richard Parker was the old man. The mean old man. No, the hyena is the mean old man. No, the mean, mean old man, because Pi watched his mom get killed. He didn't kill his mom. Because Richard Parker killed the orangutan. And who's... Pi was supposed to be somebody. No, oh. Pi was Pi. I see... <laughs> is why we we should have done a refresher this uh, has been a while sorry guys no Um, i the only reason why i remember this is because it was the only part of the entire book that made it worth it yeah and so but so each animal is a human it's an actual person so each animal ends up being an actual person who survived survived and there was like a japanese sailor who broke his leg and um the cook the cook and oh my gosh we're missing somebody there was it wasn't it was the old guy because it was the there was a guy who threw him on Oh, is it one of those other sailors? There was a guy. Yeah, there was a guy who threw him. It was like the captain or um, it was the captain of the boat who like throws him on. Oh, you said Richard Parker's actually pie. Did I not understand the end of the book? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Am I right? Well, this is because I just Googled it and it says the moral of the story is pretty clear. Pi is forced to tell an alternate version up to the Japanese investigators. Eventually, eventually realize the zebra is the sailor, the hyena is the cook, the orangutan is Pi's mother, and the tiger, Richard Parker, is actually Pi. Oh, no, I think I did get that. (laughs) That's why he couldn't say goodbye was because he was pi- okay. No, I did get it. It just clicked in my head wrong. Yes, you were right, Sheila. I apologize. Parker was by. Okay, so because the hyena killed the orangutan, so I think that's was, why I got right. it wrong. We so, we were off on our who killed who and the late yeah. Earlier. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, so yeah, sorry, that was my bad. So they're um, all they're all an animal, and he gets in telling his story, and he says, "So, which story do you like better, the one with the animals or the one that I just told you?" And um, the young Japanese man was like the first one because yeah. there weren't humans killing each other right to survive yeah because essentially the hyena the cook was just like typical like predator going going for whatever he could the bully and it was it was one of those things where pie had to create this alternate ego and this alternate world of animals for him to really kind of just justify what he was going through and what was happening. And yeah, they, he just was like, what if I told you this story? What would you want to believe? Right. It was, it was like those three pages made the whole book worth it. Yeah. I just did not like how it (laughs) formed to get to those three pages <laughs> yeah but that's life of pie so let's do let's do this real quick since we just talked about the whole book you have a review that you like oh right? my gosh yeah. i have one too i found one that i think is absolutely <laughs> hilarious <laughs> and we may have to start adding reviews to um and these are not our reviews these are these are random our people reviews. from like amazon or goodreads or yeah wherever. so this is this is a random a random person from goodread this was even before the movie came out because this was posted in 2008 and this person says it's not that it was bad it's just that I wish the tiger had eaten him so the story wouldn't exist. I read half of it and really felt impatient the whole time, skipping whole pages. And then I realized I didn't have to keep going, which is as spiritual a moment as I could hope to get from this book. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I found. This guy wrote it five years ago. And this is on Goodreads. And he wrote it in all caps. Little Indian boy goes on weird boat ride with mean cat. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that's really funny. I don't know why, but (laughs) I do. Um, But some of these uh, reviews are actually really funny to read. So if you ever get a chance just to read reviews. And we also had a fun, like we were, because neither one of us had our book with us anymore. So we didn't. Or not or with us at this time because Josie's in Florida. Florida, and so on our original recording, we one of us had read the the synopsis that was on the book, and this time we had to go figure out what we wanted, which synopsis. And yeah. <laughs> Goodreads basically which... tells you the whole story in like five paragraphs. So if you don't want to read the book and you don't want to listen to all of us talk about it. Just read the Goodreads. Um, no, Audible. It was Audible. Oh, oh it was Audible, yes. Just read yeah. the Audible. That's what I, just read the Audible um, synopsis. Like, it tells you everything. <laughs> Sheila was reading it, and I just 
was like, it, wait, is this a whole book? Are they just telling you the whole book? And Sheila was just like, Josie, you should have just read the synopsis. And we wouldn't have had to read the book. Yeah, so that I did find there was there was a couple other really good reviews. And um, there was one review that I read to Sheila that was really funny. And it was a four star review. And so yeah, I do like to go read reviews sometimes. So it was fun to read that. Yeah, I don't I don't know, though, I, I don't know if I Sheila, would you recommend this book? It's hard. This one's a hard one for me to be like, if somebody said they saw me have it on my bookshelf or something and they're like, oh, you have Life of Pi. Did you like it? I'd be like, it's okay. I like the first part. I like the end, middle. Eh. So it's just okay. It's not a bad book. And you're there's some really great parts. Read it. But I would probably be honest, like, it's slow in the middle. Yeah. Um. The the beginning is just amazing. The end has its fun little twist. But yeah, it, I mean, this one's a hard one to be. It, it's not something that I'm like, go out and read this book, everybody. Like, that's yeah. not. <laughs> that is not. Th- that's not this book for me. It's not something that I'm. I'm like, this is not something I'd be like. Hey, Andy, you need to read this book. Andy would never read this. Andy book. would. Andy would not read this book. <laughs> I know he won't. Um, but no, and the thing won't. is, is like I can't. I I know this book, and, and I just kind of met Andy recently. I just I from what I know of him, he would not like this. Would he would be like Sheila? I hate you. Why did you tell me to read this? Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. I feel like this would only have to come up in a very specific conversation. <laughs> exactly. Like somebody has to be like. Have you read Life of Pi? What do you think of it? Like, I, f- I feel like it kind of be like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. like. Yeah. If somebody asked me for a book that had like a big reveal at the end, this would yeah. probably be in a list of like top three or top five. Yeah. This wouldn't be like, oh, you want a book with a big reveal? You have to watch this or watch this, uh, read this. <laughs> listen to this, do whatever with this. I don't know. I I would not do that. But if I suggested a couple other books, and then I would probably say, well, have you read Life of Pi yet? It's, I would, I would probably just preface it with, it is a drawn out story, but the ends very, very, very much justifies the means. Yeah. So it is, I mean, the last... I think because I had a physical copy of the book. So I would say like the last solid 50 pages of the book went by pretty quickly for me. But even as much as I enjoyed the beginning, it was still a little bit slower for me. And I'm not the fastest reader ever, but I am a pretty quick reader. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it still moved a little bit slow, even at the beginning with my interest in it. Yeah. It really was like the last 50 pages that really got me through the book. Are you glad that you have this off of your uh, nightstand? I am so glad this is (laughs) off my nightstand. You know what, Josie? You have simplified your life. 
I've simplified my life because this <laughs> stupid book is not in it anymore. <laughs> no, I I should not I should not really say that. Again, I feel like I really should reiterate again the imagery that the author gives. There's a reason why this author won a it prize won awards, with this book. Yeah. I would probably be interested in reading other work by this author. It's just this particular book I I was on struggle bus with, so. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, again, I do, I do really wish the end could, more of the end could have kind of been throughout the whole book, but yeah. at the same time, if you look at it, like, logically to what the story is, you needed that isolation, you needed that, that destitute middle where nothing was really happening. All right, Sheila. Yeah. What have you pulled from your bookshelf recently? I've been talking about this book for three months now, I feel like. Um, at least three episodes, but one episode was this episode that is lost now. But finally finished We Were the Lucky Ones. I, it's very good. Yeah, it's on my list. Um, then I, I started right before Christmas. Oh, maybe, no, it was right after Christmas, the uh, autobiography of Santa Claus. Mm. And then uh, I'm listening to The Forgotten Garden by Kate Morton for my book club for January. And we, when I was here in Camp Lejeune um, last time, we read that. That was what, 2000? I think it was 2010. No, it was probably 11 because I think it was the year Eric deployed. And I read, I read that one. So like eight years ago, I read it. So seven, eight years ago, I read it. So now I'm doing it again. And so I'm doing audiobook of that one because I'm like, you know, what, let oh, me, nice. let me see how it is. I'm, and I enjoyed it the first time. I'm enjoying it this time. And then what else? I just, I think I just got the fifth book of fifth audiobook of Chris Colfer's Land of Stories. I'm doing our book for next month. That you're going to yeah. announce? No, I've already... No, I'm announcing it for this one. Yeah, we'll, un- we'll announce it. <laughs> we'll announce it. <laughs> I'm reading I'm reading next month's book, and mm-hmm. then there's something else. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I did buy the um, book that we talked about last night, or with Andy the other night. I, okay. I, did, buy, I did buy Part of Your World. The villain, the Disney villain novels that are out now. And I'll start that one after I read our next month's book. Yeah. What's on your bookshelf now that I have like five books that I have to read? (laughs) Oh, no, I have. Sorry, I have. I have two more books that I have to read for book club. One is called Raven, Raven Raven of the Seed. But that one's for end of February. And then the other one is... I believe it's called Improper Encounter. And what's really cool about this, so my book club, we actually have two authors, published authors in our group. Oh, wow. Um, and they're both my friends. Um, they're romance authors, and one does kind of like an Irish family story, and then Ooh. the other one is like historical romance. And so what we're going to do for February is, and we gave everybody enough notice, like, back in December, like, read their books, 
you know, read the books that they've asked us to read, which is the first one for Stacy, and then the second, and then it's the, um, I think it's her actual third or second book for um, Erica, but they, um, they, they told us which ones they prefer us to read. And then now we're going to do in February, instead of like read the books and talk about them, we're just going to read the books. And then we're going to have a night with the authors where we um, are like, tell us your inspiration and what, what were your choices in, in your character, you know, just like having a fun, like night with, I mean, how often do we get to have that opportunity? So right. um, we're really excited that we're going to have a a fun night. And they're like the ladies, they're like, we're going to, they're like, we have freebies. And like, so they're going to have like things for us to, to win or I'm really excited about it. So I have those, I, so I have like seven books I'm trying, I'm going to read. That's insane and makes me feel like a failure. And I'm Uh, starting (laughs) college next week. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, yeah, I have to order a part of this world. Um, I'm reading the book for next month, which I'm halfway through. I just, so in our pop-up episode for Christmas, it was, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And... It was by Adele Abbott in the <laughs> it during the episode. I was like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm just going to go. I'm going to buy the first book. She bought it right then and there. Right then and there. I read it, read it, loved it, got the second one. I'm reading that. But I also just recently, Sheila and I decided to do Kindle Unlimited because we were like, why not at this point? (laughs) And I have gotten, in addition to the ones that I already had, I've gotten quite a few books that I'm actually really excited to read. Um, Stranger Beside Me is one of them and Rule. It's been out for a really long time. I've wanted to read this book for a really long time. I also have uh, The Butterfly Garden, which I've been looking at for a really long time. Mm. The Snow Gypsy is a brand new one that just came out. And then I do have a couple other ones that I had already started that I want to go back to. I really want to go back to Pull It Off by Juliana Zobrist, who is the wife. And she's a she's a singer and author and the wife of one of my favorite Cubs players. Oh, and it's just kind of, I, I'm kind of hoping, it's not, it doesn't read like an inspirational book, but it kind of is an inspirational book. But um, it's removing your fears and putting on, putting on confidence. Oh, nice. Um, so it's like, pull it off. Um, but I'm kind of hoping that, you know, something like that will help me um, kind of go into simplifying I have so many books, though, that I am really excited to read, but... Yeah, I hear you. I I mean, my, my end of December, even actually my whole December and even the beginning of my January and probably most of my January has been so crazy, I have not been able to read it's, yeah, <laughs> a whole de- lot. December was really hard for me to read. Like, I really... Um, the little pop-up episode that we had on that I, we put out 
like I remember I'm like I have to I'm like I have to sit down and read this even though I have 10,000 other things I should be doing I yeah I had to like force myself just because it was the holiday was so busy and we had family coming in town and you know it's Christmas time like yeah. it's crazy well, and now, like, now for me with work, it's my time is not always my time. It's, like, group time. <laughs> so, because I do travel. When I travel for work, I do have a, a whole group of people that I travel with that I love to be around. And so it's really easy to get pulled away and yeah. into, into the after work world, you know? Yeah, so... Sheila picked next month's book. Yes. And or I'm next episode's book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, since we both like started reading it last month. It's the timeline's all weird. But um It's all weird right now. Yeah. Yeah. But the next book that we will be reading, if you all want to join us, is um one book that I know her and I have both been very excited to read. Yes. Um, and it is I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. Yes. We are doing a bit of true crime. Yeah. And I, I I'm will, just, I'm going to say, say right like, now, I've, I've never read any of her stuff, but I totally love her style. Me love too. It. I was just going to say, I have to say that so far. With the book, I am enjoying it immensely. I I really enjoy it. So I'm excited to finish it and discuss it with you next time. Fun. We get to be our murderino selves that <laughs> we, get we be, naturally are. Yeah, we get to be our murderino, murderino selves. We have a couple friends that have read this book as well already that we were kind of talking to on Facebook about it. Yeah, I'm excited to read that. Um, we also have the children's book that we're going to be reading with Andy in a couple weeks. Yes. Um, I feel like it's called Angry Monkey. Uh, Angry the Monkey. Grumpy, is, grumpy Monkey. I think it's Angry Monkey. I don't know. Andy yeah, picked it. it. Andy <laughs> picked it out. Yeah, so we, we were like, pick it out. He he did, um, and we just need to, we're going to meet this week and read it and talk about it, and then I'll yeah. start editing it. But Yeah, so we have a lot to look forward to in the next couple, couple weeks. Yes. Yay. So really quickly, you can reach out to us through Facebook at Potheads who read a podcast. That's right. And then um, like us, comment to us, talk to us. We've been posting a lot of really fun stuff about a bunch of different things. Um, If you have read any of the books that we've talked about so far, talk to us about them. That's the whole reason why we do this, because we love to talk about books. If there's another random book that you just read, like we've had a lot of people really engaging on our page where you could probably even just post a book and be like, hey, has anybody read this? What are your thoughts? And I'm sure people would, I feel like a lot of the people would enjoy to have those conversations. For sure. You can also email us at potheadswhoread at gmail.com. That's right. 
And we are also on Instagram. We're on Instagram. Potheads who read also. Well, not also, but <laughs> Potheads who read at Instagram are on Instagram. On Instagram. And then uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and on Podbean. Um, those are the, the platforms we are on right now. And um, we're working on hopefully being on more eventually, but... Yeah. You got to start somewhere, right? Rate, rate us, us. Yes. Rate subscribe. At us, subscribe. The best way, the thing the thing that you can do to help us the most is actually rate the podcast and yeah. give us a review. Um that's one of the best things you can do for any podcaster is yep. is review them and help them cuz that helps people find us. Or so they say, that's what they say in all the Google searches. <laughs> find us, do whatever, put so. us at the top of the list. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, all right, everyone. Until next time, thanks for coming and reading with us. And go crack a book open. Bye. Bye.